Hi, everyone. It's Maisie Days with Amanda and Randy Maisie. Are you going to do this whole thing in your TV voice? <laughs> yes, it is my professional voice. In I thought, fact, I thought we were just talking. We are talking, but I have a I'm mad at you voice, which is probably what you're used to. And then this is my professional voice. What did I tell you on our wedding day? You told me. You asked me. Not, I told you. You told me not to do our vows in my TV voice. Or so, I would change my mind <laughs> before I said I do. Maybe I should have done them in my TV voice. And yeah. we wouldn't be here 20-some years later. Jeez, can you believe it? <laughs> so maybe we should introduce ourselves. Let's do it. All right. I'm Amanda. And I'm in television. And I am your wife. We have two beautiful children, Weston and Sierra. That's me in a nutshell. How about you? I'm Randy. I'm Amanda's better half. That's all they need to know at this point. They'll get to know us as we proceed. As we proceed. So if people don't know, you are the current head baseball coach at West Virginia University. This is your 40th and final year. You've been in this profession a long, long time. So a lot of people are asking, what are you going to do in retirement? And your answer is? Whatever the heck I want to do, I guess. You know, we, uh, they said this is year number 40 of college baseball. And you know how at the top of every milk carton, there's an expiration date? <laughs> yes. I think I've reached mine. Mine is June of 2024 for the coaching thing. So this is it, baby. One more go round. This is my last rodeo. It would be really cool in my last year for us not to suck. I agree. So you opened up at Florida this past weekend. You went 500. Two and two. You played at Stetson. For people that don't know, how important is the beginning of this season? Just trying to figure out who can play in each position, figuring out who's going to go on the mound and pitch. There's a lot of kind of just piecing it all together, even though the season has started. Yeah, you know, everybody likes to freak out when you don't win every game early on, but that's a typical opening weekend for a Northern team. You get down there and, and you don't ever – just kill anybody, no matter who you play. You just go and hope for some dog fights. And we were in four dog fights. We won two games and lost two via the walk-off, the worst thing in the history of baseball. So we were in four dog fights, and that'll really help us for any future dog fights that may occur. The weather was kind of stinky in Florida, not what we were expecting, but we got to do a little cool thing with our kids. Yeah, it's uh, family got to go in my last opening day of my coaching career. So always nice to have you and the kids around. So I don't know about anybody else, but I had a lot of fun. It was fun. And what we did, we took our kids to one of those indoor skydiving facilities. So they had a really good time. Now you have Charlotte this weekend heading back south. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. I was just watching their game on ESPN+. Plus. They were up. 21 to nothing in the fourth inning, so... And what did I say? Thinking about canceling that series completely, so... <laughs> I was like, that bodes well for the Mountaineers. Yeah. So, we'll we'll see how that goes. How much fun is this travel, and how hard is it? Uh, it's my favorite part. It's, uh, you know, you actually get to be with the kids and hotels and on buses and in airplanes, and that's where you get to know these guys. You know, it's hard to get to know them a lot at practice and during the game, so... Any time you can spend with these guys off the field is super valuable. That's the part that I'm going to 
actually miss the most, believe it or not, is spending time with these kids. I know relationships are very important with you in this profession, and not just with the guys that make it at the professional level. You've always taken pride in making sure that you stay in contact with anybody, and you are just as proud as the guys that go out and you know get, get jobs and they're making a difference in their community as you are the guys that make it in professional baseball. Yeah, you know, as time has passed over my career, when you're young and crazy and all you cared about was winning games. You acted like a fool and and did a lot of different things. But over time, you figure out that uh, baseball is one of the shortest careers you could ever choose to pursue. So even if you're really good at it, you need something else to do. So I like getting to get, know these guys on a personal level and going to their weddings and meeting their children and and getting to know them that way because – as you know, on March 9th of 2021, our lives changed when our son got hurt. And that was the moment where I stopped caring so much about winning a darn baseball game and started caring a lot more about uh, people. And that was a, a super tragic event in our lives that has turned out to be a positive in a lot of different ways. And for people who don't know, that was our son, Weston, who suffered a traumatic brain injury. And thankfully, he is fully healed, back to playing baseball, back to playing hockey. It was a long, hard journey for him and for us as a family, but we're very blessed. But you're right, like life can happen and change in an instant. And you realize, we've always known what's important. I've always said baseball is what you do. It's not who you are. But when you have something like that where you almost lose a child, it really puts it into perspective. Yeah, and I've all, from that moment on, I've tried to be the most positive person I can. Because if, can, if you can spin what happened that day positively somehow, then I think you got the whole positive thing figured out. So between him being healthy and him helping other kids that are in that situation and us raising a lot of money for adolescents with brain injuries and bringing some awareness to all that and helping people, that is the ultimate negative turned ultimate positive. So uh, when you think about it in those terms, who cares if you touch home plate more than a team in the other dugout? One of the passions you've always had is talking to parents about basically, how do I say this politically correct? I didn't think we had to be politically correct. I guess <laughs> we don't, right? But not being so hard on their kids and, and, and just keeping youth sports in perspective. I mean, both of our kids play hockey. They play sports. You know, and we've seen these parents that are just like crazy nuts. And you've always had a passion to make sure that parents understand what youth sports should really be about. And I know that's going to be something that you're going to focus on in retirement, too, is still talking to parents. Because it's yeah, you know, the, important to you. When I go to youth sporting events and our daughter plays hockey and softball, and of course, Weston plays baseball and hockey, and we go to these events and... I get so mad at these games, but I never get mad at the kids. I just get mad at the parents who act like, are we allowed to say idiots on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So most parents, when I start these seminars, I ask all the parents if they've ever been mad at one of their child's sporting events. 
and they all raise their hand. And if they don't raise their hand, they're lying to me. They all get mad at their kids for striking out or making an error or missing a tackle or missing a free throw. If it was that easy, everybody would be doing it. You know, the best players in the world fail in sports, yet when parents see their kids fail, somehow it's different that they're not supposed to do that. So I get so mad listening to parents yelling at their children. It's one thing to yell at them for jacking around and not hustling or not listening to the coach. They need a foot in their rear end if they do that. But for for missing a ground ball, you have any idea how many ground balls Derek Jeter missed in his career? You're going to yell at your child for doing the same thing one of the best players in the history of the world uh, does. So, yeah, I'm going to continue to do parent seminars. And when I do them, I like to I like to get people to make some sort of a positive change in their lives. It's part of this podcast, too. I, I want to do this podcast, number one, because I like to make people laugh. I think laughter is just one of the best things in the history of the world. And I wanted to make people think a little bit and spend some time in thought every day. But I actually wanted to motivate people to actually do something different than they're currently doing for the betterment of themselves or people around them. And I think if if you act right during this podcast, I think we can pull some of that <laughs> stuff off. I don't know. I like to get mad at you a lot, so we'll have to see how that goes. I will have to say our daughter, Sierra, she's so funny. I wish I wish, wish I had her directness sometimes. She, when we said we we're going to do a podcast, she kind of looked at me and cocked her head a little bit and rolled her eyes, and she was like, oh, God, this isn't going to be a motivational podcast, is it? And I was like, well, I, I guess not now, so... Yeah. I don't know that she's going to listen anyway. Our poor kids get tired of every time they do something, they say, Mom, is Dad going to give us another life lesson? Uh, Yeah, actually I am. And when you turn 40, you'll probably start appreciating them that you don't do now. Uh, The only difference in this podcast, I wanted to do a video podcast and you wanted to do audio. So I'm sitting here in my underwear with a drink in my hand right now because it's not a video podcast, but... Maybe if enough people, what do they have to do? Hit the subscribe button or what? Download, what, listen. Download, listen. What, if we get enough of those, maybe we will turn it into a video podcast. Well, I don't think you can wear your underwear. That's the only fans podcast. I'm not sure we're ready for that. Yeah, that's a whole different website. <laughs> so we also started this show last year, this little cult show called Mondays at Mondays. And this little organic show at a bar in Morgantown has just completely taken off. How much fun is that for you to be able to interact? Because that's a show that's not on the radio. It's not on TV. It's not a podcast. It is. You have to be in person to hear it. And you cuss a little bit. You have fun with it. But it's just the fans can ask you anything and everything. And they talk to the players. That's a really unique little show you got going on there. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've I've enjoyed that show probably more than coaching some of the games that I've coached. So I always take a couple players in there and let the players meet the community and the community meet the players. And like you said, it's not on the radio. And if somebody wanted to put it on the radio, I wouldn't let them uh, because I don't uh, I don't want to limit or temper the stuff we get to talk about in there. We just talk baseball and 
always bring a couple players and the community asks them questions about the games and we have a lot of fun and play some card games now and it's turned out to be uh, uh, a booming event. We had, uh, even last summer, the bartender at Mondays told me two people from New York stopped in there to have a burger and a beer and when he asked them what they were doing, they said, we heard all about Mondays on the on Coach Maisie's show, we just stopped in here to see what all the fuss was about. So it's been kind of cool, you know. I, I I just love getting out there and talking to people and making people laugh, and and that's what we do. But but now, if you want to come to our next show, is is coming up. So if you want to come, you better get there pretty early because uh, a line starts forming at the door. <laughs> it's uh, a good problem to have. Good problem to have. And here's a little clip from the latest show. You remember what you put. Uh, if you don't, I hear it. Was it, I have a, a rock in my head? Aiden Major actually has a rock in his hand. <laughs> Tell the story, Major. Um, so, when I was, uh, I was really young, four, four or five years old, I uh, was in the driveway riding my bike, started training those on, so didn't figure that out until later, but uh, my brother was up on top of the hill, I live on a mountain, and he was throwing rocks down over the driveway. And he threw one that was uh, had a piece of shell on it that broke off and you know hit me and cut me open and uh, we we got it cleaned out and went to the ER the whole works but uh, somehow we, we missed a piece of the rock so when uh, the scar closed up uh, we found out that there was a piece of rock there and they just said that they'll leave it there if it caused any issues we'd take it out and 20 years later I'm I still have it so. <laughs> let's talk about some of the honeydew lists that. Uh... That I give you? No, I don't. I rip them up, throw them in the trash can. A lot of people don't know that you like to do woodworking. You love to work with your hands. And a lot of people might not know this, but you are self-taught in everything you do. When we lived in North Carolina, when you were in East Carolina, you wanted to build a shed in our backyard. So you literally went to the bookstore, bought a book that said how to build a shed. Next thing I know, you're out there building a shed. You wanted to build something here. Like you just go and buy a book, you read, you're very meticulous, you're very patient. And let's talk about some of the projects that I get to look forward to. Well, you know, when you asked me what I wanted to do in retirement, it was like I tried the whole cleaning the house and vacuuming and <laughs> dishwasher stuff. I didn't enjoy that at all. So Yeah, it sucks. Doesn't I gotta it? find other things to yep occupy my time so we're gonna do some hunting and some fishing and and spend a lot more time with each other believe that or not and uh, yeah I love the woodwork I got a uh, you can catch me on the airplane last night on the way back from Florida reading a book on routers <laughs> I was the only guy on the history of airplanes reading a book on routers so yeah I'll have plenty of stuff to occupy my time I just I look forward to doing a lot of things that in my profession I never got to do, you know. It's just, you just don't have time. Life catches up and and before you know it, you've been doing it for 40 years and your your kids are grown and your wife is mean as a snake. <laughs> so we're just going to get back to being a family. Well, we'll see about that after these comments. Yeah. You are very quiet when people first meet you, I think. That is my perception. You're very quiet. You don't say a whole lot. I think people are going to be surprised that don't really know you that will listen to this podcast and realize that you're pretty funny. <laughs> God, that's, 
That's the most heartwarming thing you've said to me in 20 years. You even said that and at I'm our not, wedding. I'm not kidding when I say that. You've never said anything that nice to me before. Well, you always say that you're funny and I say you're not. And you tell it. I mean, you've been saying the same joke for like 20 years. It's, it's amazing how after. it was funny when I first told it, but the same joke 20 years later, you don't laugh at it anymore. Well, maybe I should. Why don't to, you explain that? Well, I was trying to get a ring on the finger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, when I, I'm a. I'm a listener. I'm an observer. I'm that guy that likes to sit at the airport and play that game when somebody walks past. I look at them walk past and try and guess what they do for a living or what their personality's like. So people mistake my quietness for, man, what's he mad about today? I I haven't been mad at anything since March 9th of 2021. So... But I'm always observing people. I love people. I love talking to people. Everybody has a story. I sit down at a bar, uh, at a at a bar stool, and I'm gonna talk to the people around me because people's stories just fascinate me. They all they all have them from uh, the bus driver that drives our uh, bus on the road trips to the flight attendants. Everybody has a story. And they all fascinate me. So I just I just love observing and learning about people. That's what I like about my profession, too. I'm, I'm not a play-by-play girl. I'm not the color girl. I like the sideline work because I'm the same way. I love telling the athlete stories away from their sport because people just see the product on the field or the court. And a lot of backstories, a lot of great stories of these athletes maybe overcoming something or, you know, and that's what I like to put out there for sure. Let's go back to the bus trips because I think this is something unique as well. When we have a bus trip, you know, South Carolina, wherever we go, if it's a long bus trip, you don't ever, ever sleep on the bus. It could be after a game, you guys board the bus at 10 o'clock at night, you get to Morgantown at 6 a.m., you are awake the entire time. Why? Buses scare the heck out of me. (laughs) I hate sitting in that front seat, but uh, it just worries me to death. And I'd say 99 bus drivers out of 100 love to drive on those rumble strips on the side of the highway. And if I happen to start dozing off and they hit those rumble strips, I'm up screaming and kicking and fighting. It just, buses scare me to death. When I I do uh, stop coaching... I'd be perfectly happy to ride in the back of the bus the rest of my life because I hate the front of the bus. Well, good to know. That's where you'll be in about six months, buddy. Yeah, well, that's where I'll be in about 48 hours, too, because we're <laughs> going to Charlotte. That is true. All right, so let's just wrap up this first podcast. You think anybody's really listening? I don't know. I'd be curious to know. I'd, uh, I'd be cool if just one person listened. It won't be our daughter because this was somewhat motivational. I'm saving all the dad jokes <laughs> for when she is a guest on our show. Yes, exactly. Well, we appreciate you listening to the very first episode of Maisie Days. We're going to keep doing this hopefully weekly, depending on your schedule. You're the busy working one right now. But thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff planned for people out there that I said, I like, I like for people to make some sort of positive change in their life. So along with the laughs and the thoughts, I, I want to see if we can't, on one of these shows, 
actually make a difference in somebody's life. How cool would that be? Let's do it. So help us do that by spreading the word about Maisie Day's podcast. And we'll be hearing from you soon. Yeah. And if you actually want to see us face-to-face, we'll be at Mondays uh, every Monday the rest of the season after this next show. So come on out and see us. We have a lot of fun.